Good morning, family. Uh, I got a call from Pastor Chuck yesterday. Uh, he was saying that the weather's going to be bad, so we're probably going to close our uh, morning service at the church due to the weather. So we're going to do our Sunday morning uh, teaching through Facebook. This is my first time doing it, so I hope everything goes well. I hope you can see me okay. I hope you can hear me okay. I'll, I'll try to speak up a little bit, so, uh, but I don't want to sound like I'm yelling, but at the same time, I don't know how it sounds too much uh, in this room and how you can hear it, but I hope you can hear it well. Uh, we want everyone to be safe today in the weather. If you're traveling out in the roads, please be careful, bundle up, keep warm. Um, but if you don't have to go out, stay home. Uh, we're going to put the teaching here on Facebook so you can have it. And uh, so we can get into God's Word. We're in Galatians. And uh, we're going to finish up the chapter, Lord willing, in a few minutes here. And we'll just spend a few minutes going through this chapter. We're almost done with the chapter. Uh, so go ahead and turn your Bibles to Galatians. Let's get right into God's Word. We'll pray, ask God's blessing. And we'll get right into his word. Uh, we're going to look at verse 6. So turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 1. We're going to look at Galatians chapter 1. And let's ask God's blessing on his word for this morning. Father, we thank you so very much. Asking you, please, to keep us all safe uh, in the weather, especially those that have to go out uh, in the weather. Please keep them safe, keep them warm, and uh, just watch over us, Father, as we know you will. And now as we get into your word, we would ask that you would put everybody aside and allow the Holy Spirit to teach us. Your word is so uh, applicable to our lives today, even though it was written so long ago. Help us, Lord, to uh, live by what we learn and to trust you because we know that you have a plan and a purpose for every one of us. So we thank you for this time. We thank you for the technology. We thank you for the family. We thank you for your love. Bless us, feed us, strengthen us, and encourage us through your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're in Galatians, and we're in chapter 1. Uh, Paul is the author. It was written sometime in A.D. 60. Rome was in power. Nero was the Caesar. Uh, a lot of false teachers or following Paul to try to teach people that they had to be circumcised or keep the law and have plus Jesus with that teaching, you know, and that's not the right way to go. And Paul is very strong about that. We learned about the grace of God and that Galatians is a defense of God's grace against those that are trying to add to the gospel of Christ. So let's look right in at verse 6. We'll go in here and let's begin to see what God has for us today. Okay, uh, let's look at verse 6 and let's read verse 6 together. And I think we'll read just verse 6 and 7. I marvel, Paul says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Notice in verse 6, Paul is saying, I marvel, or he is uh, amazed at their turning away so soon from him. Now, 
I want you to notice that this is coming from the heart of a pastor. Paul is the pastor of these people. He started uh, these churches here in Galatia. And he comes right on the scene in verse 6 and says he's amazed. He's, he's just in wonderment. I mean, he has taught them well for so long. And now these false teachers come in and he says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him. Now, I want you to notice something, and I kind of noticed this here in verse 6. He says that, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him. The him is, of course, Jesus. So the people were turning away from Jesus. Now, how were the people turning away from Jesus? Well, they were turning away from Jesus by following these false teachers. The false teachers were telling the people, another way to get to God, another way to get close to God, another way to have a right relationship with God. And their way was to keep the law and be circumcised and so on. But Paul equates um, that type of a, a following of Christ by keeping the law. He equates that to turning away from Christ, not going to him. I mean, we all want to come closer to Jesus Christ. There's no doubt. We want to grow in God. We want to get closer to God. Uh, these false teachers were saying, okay, fine. You want to get closer to God? Keep the law. You want to get closer to God? Be circumcised, you know, and also believe in Jesus. Well, Paul says you're doing the very opposite. You're actually uh, turning away from God and you're not going to God. So how do we look at that and apply that to our lives today? Well, what I would say is, if anyone comes to us and gives us a teaching that we have to keep the law, the feasts, uh, the Sabbath, we have to keep some sort of a ritual, as well as believe in Jesus, or even if there are those that say we have to keep some sort of a works, you know, something that we need to do in order to please God. What we would be doing is not getting closer to God, even though we might think we are. We're actually turning away from him, you know, and the Holy Spirit has a way of letting us know that to get us back on track. So be careful of those type of teachings. And Paul was trying to help the people out in his day, and the Word of God is helping us out in our day as we look at it. And let's look a little bit further here in verse 6. He says, um, uh, well, let's start again at the beginning. He says in verse 6, I marvel that you are turning away so soon. So it didn't take long for them to turn away um, from Christ. So, so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ. And it says to a different gospel. But he he starts off in verse 7. He finishes that thought. Look what it says. He says, <clears throat> which is not another. You know, it's, it's not another gospel. There's only one gospel. And that was the important thing Paul was trying to get across not only to them, but to us today. There's only one gospel. And uh, if anyone comes with anything other than the gospel of Christ, um, it's, it's, a, it's not another gospel because there's only one gospel. 
um, but it's a false teaching. Now you might ask, and I would ask too, okay, the gospel of Christ. What is the gospel of Christ so that I can believe it? Well, those of us that are born again, we know what that gospel is, but let's look into God's word very simply uh, at what the gospel is by the word of God. And there's two scriptures we want to look at. Let's look at 1 Corinthians. So let's go back here in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians. Go to chapter 15. Okay, family, go to uh, chapter 15. I'll give you a second to get there. And we're going to look at verse 1. So 1 Corinthians 15. And um, if everybody's there, I don't know if you're there or not. But let's look at verse 1. We'll read verse 4. And here Paul also writes this. But see if you could pick out what he's saying is the gospel. Okay? So let's read that together. 1 Corinthians 15. Let's look at verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you receive, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. All right, now verse 3. Here it is. Here it is. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Now that is the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Way too simple, right? So he's telling them, well, this is the gospel by which you stand, and you've got to be sure of what it is you believe in. So what is it you believe? Well, I believe the gospel of Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection. That's the first scripture. The second scripture, most of you know, comes from John 3.16. All right, John 3.16 is the gospel. Listen to it. Listen to it. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So the believing is the key. You got it? We got to believe in what? The death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And there's the gospel. So that's simple. God makes it very easy for us. The false teachers were not making it easy. I mean, can you imagine if, if um, Pastor Chuck went away uh, on a mission trip or he went to teach somewhere and some false teacher slipped in the back of the church and came up to teach and started saying you got to keep the law and be circumcised. Um, I, I think it would confuse the whole church uh, because we know what the gospel is but for someone to say you got to do all these rules, keep the Sabbath, I need for you to keep the feast, I need for you to be circumcised and believe in Jesus and you'll be saved. That's confusing, and that just brings nothing but uh, um, uh, false teaching, which will lead to destruction. It's not going to lead us to Christ. Remember, we learned that. It leads us away from Christ. All right, so let's look a little bit more into our verse. Uh, verse 7, uh, and it's near the end, but let's start at the beginning of verse 7 again. 
It says, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert. I want you to get that word, pervert. And he says here, uh, some that trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. So these false teachers had an agenda. They wanted to. They were targeting the gospel uh, of Christ to pervert it. And this word here means to do the opposite of what something is. So they wanted to do the opposite of what God's grace freely given to us wants to do for our lives, set us free. So their opposite, what they're doing is they're actually going ahead and bringing you or bringing them back into bondage. You know, so, so we don't need that type of teaching. And Paul was telling them, no, you don't need it. They want to pervert. Now, I want you to think about something. Who is the one that perverts everything that God wonderfully, beautifully created? Yes, the devil. He's the one that perverts everything or tries to get his hands on to pervert everything that God um, um, has as good and as righteous and as pure and as holy. Uh, I mean, take marriage. God created Adam and Eve, man and a woman, and said, there you go. You know, get married, have kids and go on. And that's the, the standard, right? Man and, and a woman. Well, the devil comes along and he perverts the institution of marriage and says you can have man with man, woman with woman, or multiple marriages, or multiple uh, mates, and so on, or you don't even have to be married. He goes on and on. It's all a perversion of the truth. And that's what the enemy does. So, Paul is saying these false teachers were perverting the gospel. And since the devil is the one involved in perversion, we see the devil at work in the church early on. And you know what? He hasn't stopped. He's still trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Now, I want you to notice something too here. Um, he is very adamant and strong about this. Let's read a little bit more uh, through. We finished verse 7. Let's look at verse 8 together. He says, Paul says, uh, concerning false teachers and people coming in, teaching these things, he says, but even if we, so he includes himself and the we, you know, plural, the other preachers that were true preachers that they knew about, like Apollos, like Peter, uh, like James, and so on. He says, but even if we, or an angel from heaven, okay, now this is an angel from heaven, not an angel from hell, okay? If we get an angel from hell, we know there's nothing good coming out of him, okay? But he says, um, but even if an angel from heaven, and we know that any of the angels, well, not any of the angels, but when we read God's word, uh, the angels that came to do God's work, share God's word, uh, and what he was telling whoever it was, uh, in the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, these angels brought good news. Or they brought news or instructions that have to do with God's uh, directives from his throne room. And so they are in total agreement with God. Whenever we see these angels from heaven doing God's bidding, you know, it's all good stuff or it's exactly what God wants done. Um, so if an angel from heaven came to us like Gabriel or Michael, I mean, we would never expect them to give us something wrong. 
No false teaching, that's for sure, right? But Paul says, even if that happened, even if Gabriel himself, Michael himself, came down and preached another gospel, he says this, let's finish that verse. Or even, <clears throat> he says, or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. That's some strong words. Paul is not holding anything back here. He's telling you, look, the, the word accursed there is just to lead that person for destruction. Okay, so he wants whoever's doing that, and it don't matter even if it's him, even if it was the Apostle Paul uh, changed and started preaching a works gospel or add this to Jesus gospel or whatever, he says, let me be a curse or, or if an angel. So it's very strong words, and I think those strong words need to be applied to us today. We really need to let that sink in because there's a lot of false teachers out there that are trying to trick us, and uh, we need to stand strong to what the truth is and don't let it in. Okay, so let's look a little bit more at verse 9. And if you notice, uh, the next couple of verses, he doesn't let this thought go. He doesn't just speak about the false teachers and then move on. He sticks with it for a little while, so we'll stick with it too. Verse 9. As we have said before, so now I say again. Okay, so this is something he had said before. He taught this before about false teachers. So it was nothing new. Okay, so as we have said before, so now I say again. If anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. He doesn't let it go. Now, I want you guys to listen to this. I got a couple of notes on this. And I want you to see with me just how strong uh, uh, this is. Uh, it's showing uh, through this scripture, the strong wording and the attitude of Paul here, is it showing how strongly God feels about the gospel and not that it gets watered down, um, that it's not uh, changed, okay? God is very adamant about the gospel staying the gospel, the main thing staying the main thing, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Now, listen to this. This is what's going around us today, you and I, around us today with false teachers. The Jehovah Witnesses say Jesus is not God, and they are peddling some sort of a gospel which is not a gospel at all, right? The Mormons also, they say Adam is our creator and Jesus is Satan's brother. Yeah, and they're peddling some sort of a gospel, but it's not a gospel at all. Now, some liberal uh, evangelicals say that the Bible is not God's word and that we need to interpret the Bible by how we view it and how we feel. And we, look, we need to look at life according to how we feel, not God's word. So even these evangelical Christians that are liberals teaching this, that's another gospel which is not another. So we got to be careful of that. This one might hit home a little bit, so uh, uh, bear with me. The Catholic Church, they teach that you must belong to the Catholic Church to be saved. 
You have to pray with and to Mary and the saints, plus keeping a myriad of idolatrous religious activities in order for you to be saved. Now wait, that's a whole nother gospel which is not a gospel at all. Okay, it's all something other than believing in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, also Islam. Now, Islam says Jesus is not God's only begotten son. And Islam says Jesus did not die on the cross. Okay, that's a whole nother gospel, which is not a gospel. So all of these things people are peddling supposedly is the way to God, is supposedly the gospel. How about Buddhism? Now, Buddhism says, and they don't even uh, uh, adhere to anything about Jesus Christ being the way to God the Father. They believe that you are reincarnated up or down, uh, that you are working towards what they call nirvana, okay, which is their, their end result of their, tr of what they're trying to achieve in their religion. And Jesus was pushed aside. He is not even involved in any way to getting to know who God is. But these are all false, false, uh, gospels and false doctrines. But, Paul defends his strong stand, and we should too. So don't let anybody trick you or lead you down the wrong road, okay? Now, remember, Jesus said this. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Oh, it's so good to know him. It's so good to love him, and we can get to the Father only through Jesus Christ. Very beautiful. Very, very beautiful. Okay, um, let's continue on. And we're almost done. And then we'll read through the end of the chapter. We'll just get a few more things out of here. And see what God has for us. Verse 10. For do I now persuade men or God? You know, Paul was not one to want to persuade men and have men like him uh, in order uh, that they might hear the gospel. He'll tell it just like it is. And I think we need to do that too. We need to be a little tactful. But yes, tell the truth. He says, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. So, in order to please God, Paul became a bondservant. He was uh, yoked to the servitude of Jesus Christ. He was not willing to allow his freedoms of, of, of not being his servant. He did not allow his own rights and anything to take precedence over serving Jesus Christ. And neither should we. Whatever the Lord wants, that's what we should do. We are, hopefully you are, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. You've given up your right to be free of the master. You said you love him and you want to stick with him forever. And that's where we are with the Lord. And that's where Paul is. And I love his example. Verse 11. He says, But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, 
but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. I love it. I love it. I love it. Paul says, man, didn't come up with this thing. I didn't go to a school to learn it. Um, it's not um, created by man. It's not derived from man. Um, so it, it all came from God. Peter didn't teach him. Um, uh, James didn't teach Paul. He says he got it directly from Jesus Christ. So what we believe, uh, where our faith is in the gospel of Jesus Christ, came directly from Almighty God and from his throne. That's what we believe. And there's power in the word of God and his power in what we believe. He's changed your life, hasn't he? You're no longer the same. You're a new creation. And God has made you new by you trusting in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Paul is saying the same thing to these guys. Hey, I didn't get this from me. I got it from God. Let's read on a little more here. Uh, verse 13. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism. Now, Paul is going to explain sort of like in a chronological order of, of when he got saved and when he met the churches in Judea and so on. But let's read a little bit about his background here that he's going to give us. Verse 13, he says, For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. He tried to destroy God's church and it didn't work. It grew bigger. A lot of people in a lot of countries are trying to destroy God's church. It ain't going to happen. God is going to grow his church regardless if it's in North Korea, China, in Islam areas, in the Middle East, and so on. God's going to grow his church. And verse 14, and I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly jealous for the traditions of my father. But when it pleased God, now I'm going to say this, guys, it pleases God when he chose us. Listen to this. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. Has he called you through his grace? Has God separated you from your mother's womb? I would say so if you're a Christian. God loves you. Look at verse 16. He says, God did all of that to Paul to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. So now we're following Paul through his uh, many years of uh, his since his conversion and his growth in Christ and his call to the ministry. Verse 18. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning the things which I write to you, indeed, before God, I do not lie. Afterward, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But 
they were hearing only. So they didn't really know Paul. They haven't seen Paul, the, the people, the brothers and sisters in Judea, in that area. But, verse 23, but they were hearing only, he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy. And look at verse 24. I love this. I love this. When they heard about Paul, what did they do? Did they say, Paul, you're a great guy. Paul, oh, you just get all the glory. No, 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 no. Look at verse 24. I love it. They glorified God in me. That's it. The end of the chapter. Glorified God in him. God's word is amazing. He is glorious. He's wonderful. And um, hold fast to the truth. Don't let these false teachers trick you guys. Um, and you stay strong in God's word. Stay strong in, his, in, in prayer. Uh, keep everyone up in prayer, especially in the, this winter season. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you next week at church. And give a call if you need anything. We love you. And uh, what a blessing to be able to share God's word via Facebook. Let's pray and ask God's blessing. Father, thank you for your word and all that you've given us. We know that you have a plan and a purpose for us. Let us be faithful to follow you in all that you're doing and all that you say. We love you. We thank you for this day. Be with us and protect us in Jesus' name. Lord bless you, family. We'll see you soon.